Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Edwin, Andrew, buddy, we've come to the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. And we're still in Galatians 3. And I'm still sipping coffee out of my I Heart Wednesday cup. Well, there you go, it because it is more, Wednesday. It seems more timely today. Seems more appropriate. Yeah. Are you so, wearing your Wednesday socks? I uh, you know what? I think I've got some Nintendo socks. Nintendo? Yeah. How old are you? Old enough to appreciate the original NES. That's how old I am. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, how about we read Galatians? My, my Gen X roots there. <laughs> how about we get into Galatians chapter right. 3. I'm going to read verses 10 through 14. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written... Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, I do have to, I do have to mm-hmm. just make one comment. I okay. admit that I made an adjustment to the English Standard Version. Okay. Because the English Standard Version does say here, might receive the promised Spirit through ah. faith. And I know why they do that. They do that because they see at the beginning of chapter 3 talking about us receiving the Spirit. Right. And so they think this is a reference back to that. I actually believe Paul is making a hinge into his conversation about what is promised for the rest of this chapter and on into chapter 4. And so I don't think that he's talking about the Spirit as the one that was promised, but rather the promise that comes from the Spirit. And I think the New King James actually says the promise of the Spirit. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's exactly the way it raised in mind, the promise of the Spirit. I just just wanted to make that clear. I do know what the ESV says, but I think think the New... Shockingly, (laughs) I think the New King James gets that one... A little bit better. I know it pains you to say it, but uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, every once in a while, it has its moments. Every once in a while. Um, so, uh, hey, we have been alluding to the way this law works. If you want to seek to be justified by the law, but it is stated explicitly here uh, in in verse ten and following. But Paul says that's a curse. And even that is the fulfillment of Scripture. Scripture's not wrong when it talks about this. Yeah. Uh, when it says, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And that's from Deuteronomy 27, 26. So here's the law explaining that uh, you've got all of it. Here are these prescribed actions, uh, proper behavior and morality ceremonial things to keep in mind. I mean, the law is a lot more than the Ten Commandments, right? A lot more than that. And he says, you must do all of it. And when you do not do all of it, you find yourself cursed by it. So the the phrase keeping the law can refer to two different mm-hmm. overlapping similar things. To One is, here's this particular stipulation, and I'm doing this because it's in the law. Mm-hmm. I am doing this because I keep the law. 
And in that way, you're, you're thinking of the law in kind of a distributive fashion of the individual different legal stipulations. And I'm going to try to keep each one of those. Mm-hmm. Then, but, but there's this other picture, and that is the picture of I am keeping the law. And that is only accomplished by I kept all of the individual yeah. legal stipulations. Yeah. And that's that's the reason. So Paul has already made it painfully clear you cannot be justified by law. Mm-hmm. Trying to be justified mm-hmm. by law is, by, is, is, is trying to measure up. It's trying to prove yourself strong enough. It's yeah. trying by your own effort to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and to present yourself before God and say, look, aren't I good enough? And here, and Paul now explains why it doesn't work. It doesn't work because you're only good enough in that way when you've kept every one of the legal stipulations. Otherwise, you haven't kept the law. So that helps us understand a little better, I think, something that was said earlier. We read last week in chapter 2 and verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. Not, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to do it, or we haven't. Yeah, by works yeah. of the law, the, the reason why no flesh will be justified by works of the law is because no flesh, mm-hmm. other than Jesus, other than has Jesus. actually kept the law yeah. in that way. And so Leviticus 18 and verse 5, God explains, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. In other words, mm-hmm. if you keep all of these commandments, you will live. You will live. That's you, where life is. If you don't keep all of these commandments, you'll die. That's the curse. Mm-hmm. And it's so, frightening because I haven't kept them. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and that was something that uh, that Paul, when he was confronting Peter, we talked about it last week. Again, it was it was something that he emphasized to him Uh Verse 15, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. He's like, we already know this. And what I find remarkable about that is, you know, Peter was a godly man and a good Jew, and Paul's going to describe himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? It wasn't for a lack of sincerity. Mm -mm. It wasn't for a lack of good intentions. It is the reality that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And once you do that, according to this law, well, then you're, you're cursed by it. What, you know, what's the mechanism whereby to have life? Well, so, so in giving the law of Moses and showing us how justification by law works, God's actually leading us to understand true justification and true life. Mm-hmm. And Paul here brings up a verse in the covenant, the old mm-hmm. covenant, that mm-hmm. that relates that. It's in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, the righteous shall live by his faith. Mm-hmm. In other words, we don't actually find life by keeping the legal stipulations, and it's for this very simple reason. I don't actually keep them. I failed. I have failed at some yeah. point. And, and, add, and adding on more legal stipulations doesn't make up for the ones that I have violated. Yeah. And that's the thing that I have to, to keep in my mind. Here's where I find life. I find life by trusting Jesus. Can I just throw in right there that this, this thought that life is going to come from another source, forgiveness come from another source, then I'm going to outwork what I've done wrong 
is a tough thought for people to get their minds around. Yeah. And even today, you know, when I understand because my intentions were right and I still failed at something and I think, but I want to make it up to you. I, I want my good deeds to be equal to my bad deeds or my good deeds to even outweigh my bad deeds. And so, and so save myself. And and one of the things I'm seeing here is that Paul doesn't actually offer that option at all. Mm-mm. The gospel doesn't offer that option at all. Well, now there's a way that you can save yourself. Now your good deeds can stack up. Mm-mm. Not at it's, all. It's that there's a, a whole other way. Yeah. Jesus' death is what will save you. Yeah. Jesus' death is what will save you. And by the way, and, and I... I I don't want to get far afield in our conversation today, but I've, I've talked to people, I've talked to people near and dear to my heart that the reason they reject Jesus Christ is because they simply cannot accept that the sins they've committed, because they're not as bad as some really, really awful people, are bad enough to say, I stand condemned. Okay. You know, I try to be good. I try to be good. I've never murdered anybody. I've never stolen anything. Yeah. I always try to tell the truth. I just think it's awful to claim that God would condemn someone like me or someone like my loved one who's lived this way. I just I just can't believe in a God who would do that. And that just shows we don't understand the nature and holiness of God. Yeah, God's holiness is so complete. He dwells in an unapproachable light. Yeah. And these specks of darkness that we have are a distortion of that. But what God says is, look, I've got a plan for you. Mm-hmm. I've got a plan that actually will draw you into my otherwise unapproachable light. I have a plan that will take your darkness away. And it's not going to be because you've worked really, really hard at scrubbing the darkness away. It's not going to be because you turned off, turned on enough lights that mm-hmm. it covered the darkness that you've turned on. He says, here's what it is. I'm going to make Jesus a curse. Yeah. Trust, why would I trust Jesus? Because Jesus became a curse for me. That's Paul's argument here. Right. I don't get saved by me saving myself, by me pulling myself up by my bootstraps, by me becoming good enough. I get saved by saying, God made a promise. This is what we learned yesterday. Yeah. That in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you'll be saved. And I'm going to hear that promise, and I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to act accordingly. I'm going to get in Jesus. Why would I trust Jesus like this? Because I see what Jesus did. He became a curse for me. Well, and what I notice here is that again the apostle Paul is using the scripture and the law to even explain that. And that's the brilliance of this. <laughs> that 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 uh, the, the issue being challenged here is well we got to take the law and we got to mix that in with the gospel. No understand the law. Even the law was explaining and foretelling and prophesying how this was all going to come about. And so just as you have the reality of the curse of not keeping the law. Here's our curse word again in another place in the book of Deuteronomy to explain Jesus on a cross. Deuteronomy 21:23 and Paul here quotes from the Septuagint. So I'm actually quoting from the Lexham English Septuagint second edition right now. For all who hang on a tree are cursed by God. He says Jesus became a curse in order to redeem us. Now I, w- I want you to back up here for just a second. Because what most people think Jesus did to save me was perfectly obey the law. And because he perfectly obeyed the law, when I enter him, his perfect obedience to the law falls on me. And so now I am righteous because God's really seeing his perfect obedience of the law. That is not what Paul says. Paul doesn't say Jesus became a perfect obeyer of the law on your behalf. He says Jesus became a curse. curse 
on your behalf. Now that works because he did keep the law. Mm -hmm. That works because he was innocent. Had he been guilty, then he would have been cursed himself just for disobeying the law. Correct. But because he did not deserve a curse because Mm -hmm. he kept the law, law. when he became a curse, it actually did something. Mm -hmm. He took my place. I'm the one that deserves being cursed because I am cursed. But he took the the curse. curse. He became a curse so that I could escape the curse that I deserve. Can I show you, or I don't have to show you, but just kind of remind us, that's where this chapter started in chapter 3 and verse 1, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. I, I placarded, we talked about that on Monday, Christ on the cross, on the tree. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hanging on the tree. Yeah. That's exactly right. He became that curse, and because he became that curse, I am redeemed. He took the curse. He took a curse that I deserved, and that allows me to be redeemed, to be brought back, to bought back from the curse that I deserve. And this is why I trust Jesus. Yeah. And so verse 14 that we read in, in today that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, right? So that you Galatians can understand this was actually always God's plan. The promise of Abraham fulfilled Jesus upon the cross to save you, to save you. Uh, So you have it now. Don't let it go. Don't mix it up. And I will be justified by the hearing of faith. I will be justified by hearing, believing the promise, and acting accordingly. He says the promise is... This is found in Jesus Christ for all the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Do I believe that? Well, I act accordingly because if I'll act accordingly, I'm going to do everything I can to get into Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to invite anyone and everyone to do. If we can help you get into Jesus Christ, send us a message. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We'd love to do that. Or get on the Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the time to study your word in Galatians chapter 3. To see, Father, your plan to save fallen, sinful people, Father, unfolding throughout time and in these scriptures like Deuteronomy and Habakkuk, Genesis, that the Apostle Paul could make it uh, all so clear and bring it together, the fulfillment in Christ and Him crucified. And Father, we know that our salvation is found there in Christ. We pray, Father, that we might live a life that is in Christ, bringing glory to You. We might remember that Jesus died for us on the sin, is on the cross, became the curse. Father, that we might have life and forgiveness in Him. Thank You for Jesus. In His name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.